0: Yo, yo, welcome everyone to another episode of Weird Growth, the podcast where we hear about the strange and often unpredictable journeys that founders take. This episode, we have Matt Shales, the founder of pharmaceutical company Medcan Health, which operates medicinal cannabis brands like Marley, Hemp Brothers, and Endocent. Welcome, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us on Weird Growth, Matt.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, please introduce yourself. What, how did you come to do what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Yep. So I'm Matt Shales. Um, Always been passionate about cannabis Um, for about a decade or so. I'm really intrigued by the cannabis plant and the potential benefits it can hold. So um, I was an early consumer myself and then just noticed remarkable benefits within my body and kind of wanted to explore this a bit further. And then, um, yeah, I guess my overactive mind uh, did that for me and I started looking into the plant and started noticing all the different components there were to it. And um, yeah, the, the... list of benefits was quite endless. So luckily in 2016, um, a change of law allowed this kind of passion to turn into a career.
0: Yeah, mate, can't wait to get stuck into the story about how that's all come about and, and where you're at today. Um, but before we get stuck into the story, I have a little pop quiz for you. Yep. If you were to start a new business today from scratch, separate from what you're doing now, um, what, would, what would you be doing and who would you be helping?
1: Be doing the same thing. Medical yeah. cannabis is my area; it's my passion. Yep. I, don't, I don't know anything else. I don't really care about anything else, to be honest. Yeah. I like helping people, and I love yep. cannabis, and so it's that perfect fit. Before this, I was a, a labourer and a commercial diver, so just an underwater labourer. It was enjoyable, but um, wasn't my passion. Um, yep. and so I won't be jumping onto the next thing later on. If I started a new company, it will be MediCan version two. <laughs> yeah,
0: awesome. Yeah. Um, that's pretty interesting. So, what what was that like going from being a an underwater labourer, so an underwater, like a diver, diving kind of professional um, and sort of making the decision to leaving that and doing something of your own.
1: Yeah, well, it was um, it kind of fit in well because through diving I had a lot of injuries and so I had a yeah. lot of time off work with shoulder reconstructions, things like that. Um, so it gave me a lot of spare time, I guess. Um, and when there was that change in legislation in 2016 when it became legal, at first, I was just involved in, um, you know, Facebook groups about investing in cannabis companies, things like that, and just yep. doing a little bit of, well, what I thought was a bit of education around that. Um, again, I just had all day laying in bed, not being able to work or anything, so lots of spare time. And then I started realizing I kind of have a bit of knowledge in this area. Um, I'd be watching other seminars and things like that of cannabis companies and and well regarded people around the world talking about cannabis. And then I just learned that I I could say that I actually know that as well. So I started getting. Um, more confident that I actually maybe belong in this industry. But, um, yeah, it was more so just I've always had a passion for it. It was just it was illegal, you know. That's why I couldn't turn into a business. So it was just, again, that luck, perfect timing, perfect, um, the right place, right time, 2016. I had multiple injuries, couldn't work, a bit of time to focus on something different. Um, And there was that moment where it became a a real bit of a company and I've gone, am I turning a hobby in? Is this a hobby or is this a passion? But skip forward five years, oh, it's my passion.
0: That's the kind of interesting thing, I guess, about the cannabis industry is it's very quickly gone from a kind of underground, clandestine, illegal product, as you as you say, and then in different jurisdictions around the world, you're seeing these sort of markets explode. Um, yeah, how do you kind of reconcile that where you've got that obviously prior knowledge, but you're turning that into now into a legitimate business? Like, how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I didn't I didn't realize I had the knowledge. Just things. Um So I I step back a bit and realise at the moment, some people don't even realise it's legal or accessible. So just the most basic knowledge about how to access or the most basic knowledge about letting people know there's more to cannabis than just THC, the the cannabinoid that people are used to about, well, the recreational kind of uses that um, has the intoxicating effect. There's hundreds of these different cannabinoids and terpenes and noise ingredients. And so there was a little moment where I realised that, okay, what I thought was kind of common knowledge if people were interested in this plant is actually... um, quite useful information and IP, I guess. Um, yep. but so yeah. Without
0: getting too technical, so you, you, THC is the sort of thing which people get high from, I, get, I suppose, and then there's CBD, which is probably yep. the other commonly known one.
1: Yeah, so you get THC, CBD, two common cannabinoids, they're called. Yep. There's hundreds of others. Right. So CBC, CBG, THCV, yep. and all the rest. And, and they all have medical benefits and different um, uses. we still got a lot of study to do to figure out exactly what is doing what. When people have cannabis, even if it was just 20 years ago after a party, that had THC and other ingredients in it. And so it's these other ingredients that actually make it either sedating or energising or it helps with your Parkinson's or it helps with your autism. There's Different formulas for different uses, and so it's um, we've got to break down the plant and figure out what the formula is and what's doing what. But a long way to go because we've only just been out of start. So the science is only just catching there. up. Yep. There's a lot of studies out there, but really broad, just about cannabis does this or THC does that, and we're missing all these other ingredients. So realistically, we don't actually know what was doing what. Yep, and a lot of people thought it was all about CBD THC because they're at higher amounts, but it doesn't mean that 0.5 percent of you know. THCV isn't mm. just as potent as 10% of something else. You know, it's not the same molecule. So, um, yeah, now we can start unpacking this plant, but we haven't even discovered all the cannabinoids, let alone the cannabinoid receptors in our body yet. So long way to go, but the best bit is the most basic products we're actually developing are still helping a lot of people. So it's kind of yep. get better from here.
0: What is the, the main problem you're solving with, with MediCan?
1: Improving the quality of life of people in need. That's our, our main goal. And so in regards to an actual ailment, very long list so pain sleep anxiety are three of the main areas that medicinal cannabis can help with um and those symptoms are always symptoms of every condition really so if we're yep. looking at things like autism it's helping with sleep anxiety agitation things like that or if yep. it's parkinson's we're looking at the movement or the tremor um and again helping with pain um things like that as well so we're not curing parkinson's just helping the trap uh, helping the symptoms improving quality of life and the best bit is getting them off all these other medications mm. reduces the side effects you know yeah. That's the worst thing at the moment. It's actually yeah, one of the main – a big reason that I felt obliged to get into this industry was 65% of all drug deaths in Australia right now are from sleeping tablets and painkillers. Really? It's including heroin, crack, all the nonsense on the street. It's from what the doctor's giving us. Yeah, wow. And it's not people you see on the street, addicts or anything like that. It's people like my grandma or someone's auntie or uncle, whatever, just doing what the doctor said, having yeah. the medicine, having a, uh, some wine – maybe forgetting they had the sleeping tablet, have another one, and they don't wake up. Yeah, And that's worst case scenario, but even the people that are getting through it okay, there's still horrible side effects, addiction yep. risks, things like that. And so once learning that 65% of our drug deaths are from what the doctor's handing us, I felt this could be done a bit better. Um, and, well, then cannabis was legalised, other cannabis companies had a go at it, and then I felt obliged to because I, early on they were... The companies were more focused on their pay packet, it seemed, before mm-hmm. actually making a product that could help anyone. And so I just felt, no, let's utilise my knowledge on cannabinoids, terpenes, and, and try and do this in a more compassionate way and actually help people.
0: Yeah. Oh, good on you. How did you reach your very first customers?
1: Um, our first patients. Uh, well, interestingly, patients, yeah. um, well, I guess we've got a few areas. So with with okay, I'll break it down a bit with Medicaid Health, we've got um, yeah, our medicinal cannabis offerings through our brands um, Marley and also Ananda that we import their medicine from the US and supply it. Okay, we've also got our over the counter offerings so hemp foods, hemp uh, so hemp foods such as you know hemp seed, hemp flour, hemp protein, then um, our wellness range so hemp seed oil capsules, things like that, and terpene oils. So we had a few things like that going on early on. Our first um, customers were through over the counter products because was right. obviously less regulation around that we could just get that going right away. And at the same time as developing those products and getting some revenue we getting all the medicinal side sorted. Yeah. Um, so so, has,
0: so what does over the counter products mean? Is it something you can just sell online? Or? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yep. yep. Just a, yeah, foods, drinks, uh, yeah, nutraceuticals, things like that. So anything that you don't need a prescription, just okay, all over the counter. So it's
0: not like an FDA approval yeah, process of that, sort of thing. Yeah. And so is that what you did? You had an online store, or did you yep. have a shop? Yep. Or so something? three Hemp Brothers had our yep.
1: online store there. Yep. Um, and so early on, so I started Hemp Brothers with fifty dollars. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, a mate came around. He was uh, a salesman, and he was renewed gig and then at that time i was just focusing on and health um and then there's lots of links within the industry you know with the hemp food side it's still around cannabis but um you know different industry and so i, I asked a friend over east just who had a, a pet company selling hemp products just saying mm-hmm. do you need any help in wa and i really meant share a facebook post yeah and he said, yeah we need distribution uh, okay so i was like, okay one second We've yeah. made hemp brothers yeah we got exclusive rights to that range in wa um but then actually step back a bit so i said to my mate should we um have a go selling this? And he goes, yeah, all right. So we had $50. We went to the casino. <laughs> and we <laughs> no had to win our first lot of money to buy the first bit of product. And so we won. We won 500 bucks, And then we bought $500 worth of um, hemp seed oil for dogs. Yeah. Got it into some stockists. And then they sold it. Bought the next lot of product with What that. did
0: you win $500 on at the casino?
1: A little bit of everything. Roulette, blackjack. <laughs> yeah, first time I've actually ever won. But no, it's, um, and then so that's that's literally what it was. It was very, very self-funded like yeah, that. Um, well done. You know, I've never had a loan or anything. I'm scared of debt. And so all um, very much self-funded like that. And then um, so that was the Hemp brother side, the food. Um, yeah, just first bit of product, got some stockers, sold it, bought more product. Then um, Medican, we did get started with a bit of investment. So we got a $50,000 investment just for the first lot of product again. Yep. Sell it and use the revenue to keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um very, very low overheads with us. The kitchen bench is our office still to today, actually, um, at my house. Love it. Post this raise, we'll obviously be able to get an office. But, um, yeah, very very lean, and that's what's helped us to be able to actually um, keep the prices down um, with our products. That was the biggest area of um, – the biggest issue in the medicinal cannabis space was accessibility around cost. Mm-hmm. Um, the products were very expensive, and the, a consult with the doctor was very expensive. So. Um, my main focus there is to bring affordable and reliable products to the market so we did that we've got some of the most affordable medicines Um, then we opened Medihan Clinics which is one of the most affordable clinics in the country Um, but yeah so all about affordability but yeah just eased into it slow and steady is my approach Um, it's not a race I don't think it's a brand new industry we've got a long way to go
0: a lot of learning to do yeah Yeah. what does it take to start a cannabis business in Australia with the so the, oh, not the over-the-counter products, but the actual medicinal products. What's the sort of process?
1: Um, so with the medicinal side, uh, I guess you've got to first find well, – there's a few ways around it. One, you can get your own cultivation and manufacturing licences. That's okay. around a you know, five million to $10 million process in many years. To get wow. So right. we're actually avoiding that for now. And until the, um, the licensing system settles down a bit and we actually understand exactly what we're working in because we could get halfway through building and then they change a rule that allows us to – not need all certain security requirements or whatever. And um, so I'm just waiting for that to settle and figure yep. out exactly the framework we're working in. And so for now, we just outsource everything. And so um, it's really about finding the right suppliers that can produce the formulas and, and um, medications you want. Okay. The biggest hurdle uh, or barrier to entry right now is really about finding products that are consistent, reliable, um, and they can do the same product every time. Because within cannabis, as we talked about earlier, there's all these different ingredients. It's not just CBD and THC, and they're all very important. And so it's very harder than natural product, like a plant, to keep every single component exactly the same. But um, and so that's what I focus on. You know, we're treating three month old babies with epilepsy. Um, it's not a it's not a chocolate bar we're selling. You know, it's a medicine that's yes. Um, lot, you know, it's, it's helping people live in some cases. So for me, it has to stay the exact same. Um, so yeah, just finding those right partners and then um, I guess getting the word out about marketing. We can't advertise medicines. Um, it's very tricky to actually let people know we exist. So my own friends, still even earlier today, I've seen my own friends going to other clinics not knowing I even exist. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So the, the main barrier to entry is so if you wanted to set up as a producer and growing and, and producing the product from scratch and then turning it into a medicine is a massive investment up front. Yeah. And so you've sidestepped that by using existing products that might be in the market overseas. And then do you need a license or something like that to sell that in Australia? Yeah, or?
1: and so we've got, um, we do, um, we import the Ananda products. That was our first partner. We um, partnered with Ecofiber, one of the world's largest CBD companies. And right. so my business partner, Luca De Prato, did his PhD for them uh, on hemp and hemp agronomy, about growing hemp in different environments and the um, the the impact it would have on the cannabinoid profile, things like that. And so we already had a bit of a link to Ecofiber, and we um, yeah, had a bit of a, a roadblock at, one stage in about 2020 with our first partner in Canada. We're about to import our first product ever. Corona hit. We couldn't import because it was, had to go around the world first. It would have cost about an extra 30 grand. Oh, my God. So i just going, I like, can't do that. And then that week, we partnered up with Ananda. And so it was the best thing to ever happen to us. They are literally the world's, one of the world's largest um, hemp companies and doing clinical trials on almost everything. So they're really um, reliable, um, science-backed and affordable. So the perfect partner for us. Imported their product, had to get our um, partnerships in place for import distribution licenses, things like that.
0: Okay. And is that through like a, a government body in Australia, like the, the yeah, health department? Yeah, the licensing is or through. Like yeah, the health
1: department, yep. um, Office of Drug Control, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and again, we've outsourced most of the, those through partners. So we're partnered with Health House International. Okay. Um, yep. They were one of the first importers of cannabis in Australia, yep. and then import to pharmacies Australia wide overnight. And so, right. Again, we partnered with them for all the distribution side of things. Um, and so, yeah, a few things like that. But it's really, I mean, it seems harder on when you read it in, on paper. Yeah. I think if you actually just get in there and do it. Yeah,
0: I think that's probably the perception from the outside is, is it seems like there's a lot of hoops to jump and maybe that's the reason a lot of people aren't trying it.
1: Yeah, and you, you have to be passionate. I mean, its yep. it took years to eat, to, for us to get the first product. I said no to many products because, yeah, they weren't reliable or it was someone's first grow and I wasn't confident they could do it again next year, things like that. But, um, yep. but you, if you've got a passion for it, well, yeah, it's... it's it's easy. That, that's four to five years it's been now. It has felt like six months, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's gone quick. But then actually right back to that other question about our first patient, mm. the clinic, it was a funny story, that one. Someone actually tried to book into the clinic before it existed. Um, actually, a few people did. They said, oh, how do I book in? I said, book into what? Yeah. They said, your clinic. I, said, I don't have a clinic. But I said, well, hang on a minute. And quickly made a clinic. And then so many can clinics was made. Um, all telehealth to start with. Again, we don't didn't have the funds to do a brick and mortar. Yep. Um, and so I just made an online clinic where the doctor calls them. Okay. Um, so So you're able to get
0: a doctor who is able to prescribe your medicine and you're sort of, and you're sort of facilitating that connection between a customer and that, Doctor?
1: Yeah, well, uh, we made the actual clinic itself. Originally, yep. I was also I'd go around to other doctors in their own clinics and rep our products, and they prescribe our product medicines to their patients. Okay. But at that point in 2020, there was a lack of doctors prescribing or the ones that were were charging far too much. Yeah. You know, there was another clinic in Perth that was $600 before you got a script. Wow. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yep. So um, that's why I felt the need to do what we did. Yeah. Charge $99 for, for the consult and then 49 for follow-ups. So, yeah, literally one of the most affordable in the country. Um, and then one of the only ones profiting, which confuses me, is to how, I don't know how these other companies aren't profiting. Yeah, um, you are very charitable at our place, and we're profiting still. So it's um, again, yeah, compassion I think is the bit, uh, and, and low overheads. But yeah. So then I quickly made the clinic, and within the first day, it, it paid itself off with ten patients. So it was amazing. I um, find I don't know. I find ways to just get it done without needing to get into too much debt.
0: It's the startup found a way, mate. Well yeah. done. <laughs> and so when did you realize? hey we're on to something this is getting serious
1: um well every week i actually get yeah yeah more and more like wow okay it's um every month we're just getting record months um the numbers we're getting now for me are phenomenal it's um i remember the first kind of few months of business when we're getting numbers around saying oh you did you know 11 prescriptions this month Mm -hmm. amazing how good is that now it's you know thousands um and so and again not it's we haven't had to do a whole lot, you know, we haven't had to go and spend millions repping to doctors and, and doing all that typical kind of, um, that approach. It's I think it's just being a genuine player and actually being helpful in the industry. I, I help a lot of people. I help um, other companies wouldn't know, but I'll rep their brands to doctors for them. You know, I don't, our products alone can't help everyone. So yep. I'll teach doctors about every cannabis product that we know and trust. Um, and then by being that genuine player that really does want to help the industry, I think it, it comes back later on over the years and, People coming to us, and that word of mouth helps a lot. So we don't have to really do much marketing to get patient numbers. And yeah, it's um, so far nice and lean like that. But the good bit is we're going through this capital raise now. We can mm. really start to scale up, yeah. uh, keep up with demand, and actually get some marketing and sales teams going. But um, I really want to stick to that really targeted spends. Though I think I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, one rep told me they spend a thousand dollars a week just on food for doctors—that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> on it's ridiculous. food, I'm just sending on lunch? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it works, but I get given lunch from the doctors when I see them. So it's, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we'll stick with that uh, strategy for now. Yeah. But, uh, it's, um, How does it
0: feel looking back on starting with 50 bucks that you turned into 500 at the casino and now you're getting thousands of, of prescriptions?
1: No, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, um, I pinch myself all the time. It's, I st- yeah, it's, it's an interesting ride. And only actually just as soon as yesterday after our raise went live and seeing what the public actually kind of think as well when, and getting acceptance there, it's you know, it's a really good feeling. Um, yeah. And even when we actually went to um, a symposium over in Queensland, um, the United, United in Compassion Symposium, I took the whole team over there and first time, I guess, we were over east and I didn't know if they even knew we existed. But they, yeah, they all knew all of us. They all actually heard of us and lots of great um, feedback about us, which was amazing to hear. I was like, great. It's actually what I was hoping, You know, again, genuine passion, um, compassionate, all that kind of stuff. It was actually across and people seeing that and so no, it feels amazing i'm really proud of the team we've built and the amount of people we've been able to help so far yeah well done. isn't it
0: amazing when you just come at it from an angle of being helpful first what other things come from that you can't, you know you can't preempt what's going to happen but if you just be helpful first good things will happen yeah, yeah well no, definitely so you've mentioned a couple of times you're running a crowdfunding campaign at the moment with virtual um, which is really gaining mm. momentum um, virtual as a platform as well is becoming really popular um for startups looking to raise money from the crowd um how, how does virtual work what's involved in that
1: yeah so virtual um yeah crowdfunding um service and so um yeah they, they kind of host it all they take their commission um from the raise provide all legal support things like that yep. um and then, yeah, we make a, a movie that goes through the company in a nice well, three minutes, which was near impossible for me. I had an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, then yeah, you release the offer document. And um, so there's a three-week expression of interest period that we've just completed and then opened up the raise yesterday. So we had around uh, 950 people express their interest, which was good to see. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, the raise opened yesterday. So we hopefully during this interview, we'll, we'll clock the 500 grand mark. Yeah, fantastic. Um, we're looking to raise a max of 2 mil. And really, it's just to keep up with demand. Um, yep. Yeah, the medicine side, it's, it's really ramping up, and we just um, managed to kind of stay ahead of it last month. But, yeah, we need to, we need to keep up with demand that we're already facing, and then probably the, close to the first million we'll go to that. Yep. and anything more than a mil, we can get some new product offerings, um, continue our clinical trials. So clinical trials are big area for us for that future long-term growth. Um, but, yeah, Exciting. keep up with demand for the moment and get a bit of bigger kitchen bench or an office maybe.
0: What would you say to other founders out there who are considering virtual as a you know equity crowdfunding platform you know yeah, what what, what sort of things do they need to think about and what's the yeah what's the sort of pitfalls or the upsides for them
1: it's all been upsides um yep. for us so far they've been great to great to work with um yeah yeah really really helpful and really easy streamlined process i guess they've done it that many times now they know what works got it what down to it a doesn't. fine art don't they exactly you know. yeah and they yep. even did their own raise through there recently too so you could mm. put it to the test themselves mm. um no really really streamlined they suggested some People to help us with the offer document. Um, we got a videographer on board, and for us, it was all done with within a month, I believe, um, from beginning. And we started to focus more on a, um, a video script rather than medical scripts. But I'm glad <laughs> that's out the way now. That's not my, my yep. burden, but <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. they've been great to work with. Yeah, yeah. definitely
0: recommend them. Uh, There's been some really great success stories from you know breweries and beer brands to gadgets and software and all sorts of things. That's yeah, yeah. great. Yep. What could possibly be next for the future?
1: Um, so for us clinical trials are big so we're doing um, I guess I'll explain it so with medicinal cannabis we're lucky we can actually be prescribing these medicines already and they haven't gone through trials and they're not actually registered so normally if I went to the government the TGA and said I'd like to uh, supply this medicine that I've invented I'd say good on you we'll see you in 10 years time when you've done the trials yep Uh, with cannabis they've gone you know what we understand it's safe um, so you can prescribe it okay It's it's called the special access scheme a little bit harder to get you know, the doctor can't just write the script instantly. There's uh, a little bit of a process, which is early on why it used to be quite expensive and t- it took months and months to get prescriptions. This is back in 2016. Streamlined it a lot more now. It's a lot better. But still, it's um, they're not registered medicines, so they're not on the PBS, which mm. is a government subsidy making medicines, $30. Um, but luckily, we can actually still be providing the medicines, generate revenue whilst doing these trials on the side. And so we're focusing now at the moment on concussion. Um, so we've partnered with... Right. Um, Perrin Institute and Curtin University, and we finished our two-year preclinical trial on concussion. That actually had amazing results. All four formulas we tested. Uh, well, when you looked at the brain, it was as if it would never been concussed. Um, so we got tissue samples and looked at inflammation within the brain, and it was actually in a better state than the unconcussed brain. So that was quite interesting. Correct. And things like motor performance, so balance and things like that. Yep. Um, so who
0: would be a patient for
1: concussion type? Well, there's 200,000 concussions in Australia every year. Really? And there's no treatment option. I get told to go home and rest. And as we know now with a lot of these things, you know, Danny Frawley, things like that in the AFL, we're learning with CTE, these follow-on effects. So people might might not get the symptoms down the track, you know, the, the, the nausea, um, the migraines and that are gone. So they yep. think, okay, it's all better now. But these follow-on effects down the road, anxiety, depression from CTE, it's, it's a real thing. And we're really starting to understand, well, trying to understand this a bit more now. So, yeah, yeah people have said, why am I doing concussion? There's no market. Um, well, I see it as there's 200,000 people every year without assistance you know okay. you need to help them and i've seen the amazing results it can do with the follow-on symptoms like i mentioned with with um, nausea migraines, things like that that's actually that's easy my target is to actually or aim is to uh, give them the cannabinoids immediately after impact and prevent that damage occurring in the first place so they won't have those symptoms down the track Yep. Um, Fascinating. So, yeah, So that two-year trial went really well and now it's just progressing onto the next human phases. Um, yep. But it is a bit of capital required, so that's what this raises for as well. But that's by having a registered medicine, it'd be on the PBS, government subsidies, are for, affordable for all Australians, and then licensing, um, and, yeah, licensing opportunities globally.
0: Amazing. What's one big piece of advice you have for founders who might be just starting out, or you know, have a passion and they want to turn turn into a business, and they're looking to grow.
1: Stick it with it. That's the. Um, I mean, I haven't done any business courses or anything like that. It was, yeah, it was, as I said, just a diver. So there's not much chatting or business talks going on under there. But um, <laughs> for me, it was just being my passion. I think that's the most important thing. Everything else is kind of easy then. All the hurdles, um, all the hard times. Well, you know why you're doing it. You know why you're pushing through it because you're, you're passionate about it. You're seeing the end result. So. Yeah. For me, it's just sticking to your guns. Um, yeah, and if you really want to do it, you'll find a way. Yeah, um, and I actually kind of now get excited when when challenges come because it that's the time we can prove um, to ourselves that we're meant to be here. I guess it was really easy; everyone would be doing it, and so it's when the hurdles come. It's how we navigate those that can make um, yeah these hobbies, I guess, into a, into an actual career. But um, yeah, just my only bit of advice is stick with it. That's all I've done.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what is the hardest thing you've had to deal with and stick with it through?
1: Um. A lot of the regulatory change is always every other month. It's tricky to keep up. Yeah. Um, but the good bit is we're getting invited into Parliament to, to speak about these things and help them with these fr- um, help them frame the, the changes. So that's one good thing about a new industry. But yeah, can get a bit confusing at time with grey areas. I hate working within grey areas. I want to be able to put a um, a billboard on Canning Highway and scream to the world what we're doing. Yeah. So there's a few grey areas. A lot of other companies are um, happy to d- deal in, and I just stay away from it. I just keep the blinkers on. But um, yeah. Yeah, the yeah so the regulatory
0: government type yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it makes sense in your industry. It's yeah, exactly, always a yeah. flux, I suppose, yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, and, and well, but going through corona and that whole time has been all those challenges that everyone's faced, I guess, but um, it, uh, it's kind of helped us in a way with telehealth, you know, telehealth. Uh, right, and, yeah. You know, that became a lot more popular. Mm. We didn't do telehealth for any strategy other than because anything we could afford yeah <laughs> and then, uh, you know, things but like now that. it's broken
0: the ice a lot of people have experienced it uh, and seeing their doctor on zoom or whatever exactly yeah it's normal it now.
1: normalized so it's yeah. perfect and so we can access patients australia wide you With know, the pet side of things too everyone was at home with their pets more during that period so they saw that they had anxiety or had inflammation so it actually kind of helped some of our businesses but um a few issues in, in the back end but again yeah it's um like everyone you just find a way to, to get through it and remember the core focus
0: so we're getting to the end of the episode, but something we always do on Weird Growth is little show-and-tell time, and we ask people what their favourite tool or device or toy is in their life. I believe you've got something a um, little bit more relevant to MediCan that you brought along to,
1: yeah, to well, show Yeah, well, actually, show-and-tell was show-and-tell our, our products. And yeah, well, let's do it anyway. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> but, um, so some of our things we can't show you, the medicine side, obviously, because yes. I would be considered advertising and whatnot, but yes. the, um, the Hemp brothers and endocent side things like our foods and whatnot. Yeah, I guess cool. It does also help me get through things. Good nutrition and whatnot. But um, yeah, things like there's the hemp seeds, hemp protein powder, things like that. Okay. Um, so what do you do with these? So they're food. So you'd be making you know your protein shakes or smoothies with your protein powder, hemp yep. seed. Um, so it's literally just yeah, the hemp seed full of your omega three six nine, really good for your, um, nutrition. Okay. Um,
0: but it's not going to give you a, a buzz, or no, a no cannabinoids. So, yeah, so
1: with cannabis and hemp, you've got um, a female plant. If you just let it grow without any males, it'll grow a flower that's got your cannabinoids, terpenes, and the I see medicine from the, the buds. Yep. If you let a male plant pollinate that female, it'll produce seeds, and then with that seed, it's like any other seed, you know, um, you can do a cold press and get your hemp seed oil. We can eat the seed like this, things yep. like that. They just all those kind of over offerings, capsules. That helps me every day with my inflammation know, body balms, hemp, it, on anything, nice. you chuck hemp in it and it's yeah. better. <laughs> and then the terpene products. So these are actually the terpenes, which is the the aromatic compounds of plants, the smells of plants. So you've got lavender has a terpene called linalool that can be calming. And then cannabis has all these terpenes too, and that's what creates those different effects. And so we actually then, through our Israeli partner, made just over-the-counter terpene products for things like pain, sleep, anxiety, memory, things like that. So it's... um. Yeah, these all get me through my days, but um, in terms of tools for the business and whatnot, it all comes back down to passion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to find something you want to do and you love. Yeah, Uh, that's awesome, Matt. (laughs) And good people around you.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for showing us those. Um, And so obviously the other thing we asked for is a final plug and, you know, what's your ask? So if anyone's out there is listening interested in getting involved in either the virtual campaign or as a customer what should they do
1: yeah so um, yeah, if they're interested in getting on board the virtual raise um, yep. well, they can either contact us at uh, or me at matt at medicanhealth.com.au or yep. if they go to our website they'll see some links on there as well uh, and same deal if they want to chat to me about anything with cannabis getting on board the company or if their doctor wants to learn how to prescribe get in touch I'm happy to help uh, if you want to start your own cannabis company I'm, I really am here to help so, so reach out and
0: one. brilliant no worries well i uh, a little shot of that so um, yeah that ends this episode of um, what is it Danzel just direct the like tell <laughs> oh. you know
1: danos direct danos direct You're yeah, yeah. So. order now
0: you get a free <laughs> <little> uplift endoscent <laughs> uh, I don't know Thanks, Matt. Perfect. Well, thanks very much for listening to Weird Growth. Thank you, Matt, for, for coming on, mate. That was a real education for me um, and I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, really fascinating space with massive potential for growth and i um, really excited to see what you're doing. So thank you. Congratulations on what you've done so far. Oh,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: And thank you for listening to Weird Growth. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. Um, But yeah, Weird Growth is brought to you by Ammo Marketing and I'm Cam Sinclair. Until next episode, bye-bye.